Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Glad you could stop by and join us. Looking forward to visiting with a friend I haven't seen in several years, Adriana Morales. We first met, my wife and I were leading a Bible study in quite a few years ago. Adriana was part of that. We got to meet and fellowship. Adriana, it's good to have you here. We kind of got back together through social media. Yes, we certainly did. Kind of a nice thing, especially in light of the pandemic. Yeah. Because you've been in lockdown since... March 25th. It's been a blessing to have that virtual community and be able to fellowship with other Christians. It's a new way to do it, right? It's a very safe way to do it. I agree. You are a board-certified licensed clinical psychologist. You said you had written a book, and matter of fact, you had sent me in the mail a package. When I opened the package up, there was three books, or maybe four. So which one are we going to talk about? You made it clear, the book, The Captain of the Seas, Sailing Uncharted Waters with a Faithful God, Journaling the Unexpected Rhythms of a Worldwide Health Crisis. We're going to go there in just a minute, but first of all, you were born in Venezuela. Yes. And you moved to the U.S. with your parents when you were young. Do you remember that transition from Venezuela to the U.S.? Oh, definitely. I was only 12 years old, and I really struggled in Miami, Florida, through the whole entire acculturation phase. You know, getting used to a new culture, a new language, a new community, friends and school. And I still remember having a lot of difficulties in even writing the language of English in ninth grade freshman year in high school. So I just don't know. I feel like I'm completely not qualified to write. But the Lord gives us that ability and that gift to share the great news. So this is where I am here today. What do you remember, Adriana, about life in Venezuela growing up those first 12 years? Um, the Hispanic community, the Venezuelans, we're very family-oriented. We love to gather. We love to spend time with family. And we love to take siestas. Short naps in the afternoon. So our lifestyle there and still today is quite different than ours here, that we tend to be very rushed and maintain a hectic, productive lifestyle. Which can really play on one's mental health in the long term, too. Completely, definitely. I've had to you know, be a psychologist for over 27 years. Yes, I'm not in my teens anymore. But, you know, I realized the value of taking care of ourselves, particularly in the midst of a global pandemic. It's utmost critical. You know, I remember back in Bible college, I had a professor. If you knocked on his door at lunchtime, he wouldn't answer it because from 12 to 1, he had a cot behind the door and he just opened it up. He's, he wasn't Hispanic culture. I mean, that just part of his routine. And lately, as I've gotten older, I thought, you know, I kind of like that idea. So uh, I, I have a cot behind my door. Can't do it every day, but occasionally if I could lay down maybe 20 minutes at my lunchtime, kind of be quiet and meditate, I'm in pray. It really is a nice time in the middle of your day. It's actually having a breathing room, a margin on your schedule. Yeah. Because it's important. And that also reminds me that if you take that margin in that breathing room for you, you will also be very intentional with your time with the Lord. That is utmost critical to be able to stand still and listen to His Holy Spirit. I like that term you use, margin, because I think we our margin is so thin, usually, with all the activities. And not only does it squeeze out our time with God, it also makes us not as, as sociable as we need to be. Maybe it makes us more abrupt in our relationships with our family and friends, makes yes. us not as kind or not as sensitive, possibly. Exactly. I am very mindful of that. I actually, today, nowadays, I see a lot of patients throughout the day at Christ Community Health Center. I'm a healthcare provider. 
if I don't watch out and take care of myself, how can I take care of you? And how can I share the Jesus love and fellowship with everyone else? When you moved to the U.S., you moved to Miami. Then you, after, what, 26 years that you lived there, you came to Memphis. So why give up the beaches and the ocean of Miami to come to the <laughs> banks of the mighty Mississippi? <laughs> oh, Byron, you're on point. It was beautiful. Actually, when I relocated to Tennessee, it took me about approximately a year and a half to adjust to the Southern hospitality. But now this is home. <laughs> um, this is when I re-encountered and started building a much closer relationship with the Lord. So I'm very, very grateful for that today. Yeah. I was actually recruited by a nationwide company and relocated with all the expenses paid for to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus for the Department of Intellectual Disability as a board-certified behavior analyst. Okay. So I am very, very, very grateful that I had that opportunity because otherwise I would not be enjoying the Southern hospitality today. Oh, I love that. When did your relationship with Jesus Christ begin? When did you sense that you had a need to receive what he had to offer you? Oh, I was stubborn uh, <laughs> for many, many decades. As a matter of fact, I mean, I was born and raised Catholic and I was always a believer in Jesus Christ. But I never really took the time to get to know his character and his faithfulness. Not until I moved to Tennessee was about 15 years ago when I had the great opportunity to hear the gospel and hear, you know, the great news and actually admit to myself that I'm a sinner for the first time. Cause you know, I never I was pretty stubborn. I never wanted to admit I was a sinner, believe it or not, even though I was a Christ, you know, believer. And that's something I think big for a lot of us because it speaks of our inadequacy. It means that we've got an issue, but an issue that's not too big for God to solve. Exactly. You know, I tend to be perfectionist. I still continue to struggle on a daily basis and surrendering my heart. My pride is the biggest issue. And not wanting to know that I'm as imperfect, as broken as anyone else. Um, and he has taught me along the way in the last over a decade that it's okay because he's right there with me alongside of me. <laughs> and he reminds me that in his grade is sufficient. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that, Adriana. That is so wonderful. His grace is sufficient. This next question I want to ask you, I want to kind of set it up first, not to insinuate that you have gone through dark, deep valleys of, of mental health issues or crises yourself. Many in your profession have been there, and, and that's yes. one of the reasons they have found recovery, and they want to give back and help. So yes. ha have you personally gone through a, a mental health crisis oh, where yeah. you found a road to recovery? Oh, definitely. That's how the Bible reading journal series was birthed out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, because all you do will flow from it. And when I say that, it's because I was not guarding my heart, my mind either, at the time that I went through the very darkness in my life. And as a psychologist, I admit today that it was major depression. It was temporarily, but I could have been very well, gotten complications if I would have not come to Jesus and yeah. focus on his eternal promises. Is it like you just slowly were drifting into depression? Was there one thing in your life that snagged you or just brought you into the grip of depression? Oh, definitely. It was multiple losses. And they were all, it was, it was a combination, Byron. I had lost my dad unexpectedly, so I definitely fell into grief and deep sorrow. Um, uh, within 
a couple of months, we had to make major decisions on behalf of my family state.、Uh, there were controversial issues that were handled differently by different family members, and that was okay because we're all different and have different opinions. And that in itself also took a toll. Within two months, we had to relocate my mom back to Venezuela, and and permanently. So that was another loss that I drastically had to experience unexpectedly because I did not know, and I still haven't seen her in the last two years. If I was going to be able to spend time with her or not. And on top of that, within two months, I was promoted to a leadership role with a state agency where I oversee. Well, at the time, it was close to twelve, thirteen hundred children and adolescents that are temporary custody of the state. So I was in charge the re- as a regional psychologist, overseeing the quality of their clinical services. Wow! Actually, Shelby County is one of the largest county out of the two in the state of Tennessee. Wow! What an overload that was happening at one time. I know many people experience similar traumas that seem to just to kind of multiply and multiply. Jesus was the reason that helped you start stepping back into the life that He was calling you to originally. Yes, yes, He had placed in my heart. Writing, and I'm like, really? I, you know, I barely survived freshman in high school English, but he placed it on my heart the desire to share and write. Over the years, he just steered me in different directions, and because of corporate prayer, one day I stepped into faith. Yes, and I answer a calling for a、uh, worldwide ministry, and I started sharing my prayers, and that was the new beginning. That's when I took the first step in faith. Towards that direction. Wow! And so now there are about fifteen different journals for different themes on Amazon. They're rolling off. I mean, this is pretty incredible. How many you've written? And I didn't realize you had so many out. Like I said, you've authored several books, but the one that we were talking about today, highlighting today, is the Captain of the Seas, sailing uncharted waters with a faithful God, journaling the unexpected rhythms of a worldwide health crisis, which is a long title, but it's quite appropriate. You wrote this book, I think, kind of bunkered in. Yes, I had been sheltered at home since March twenty fifth, so I do remote telehealth services through Doxa dot com with all my patients, and so they keep me real busy. I actually had、uh, my third panic attack. It was mild because I'm pretty familiar with what they look like. Yeah. And so,、um, for the third day that I was gasping for air in the evening, and I was determining whether it was coronavirus. Shortness of breath、right. or anxiety attack that could have led to a panic attack, a full-blown panic attack.、Um, I literally started to put mindfulness interventions immediately. Put all the interventions that I know how that I work with all my patients with, and start applying each one of them one at a time until I was able to start focusing. And the only reason I was able to shift my mind. Was when I focus on Jesus,、Amen. and that's when I started writing. It's half manuscript and half well, journal. I was going to say that's one unique thing about this book is the faith journaling aspect, which you designed for the book's layout. So reader participation really is a must in order to receive the full benefit as you walk through this journal. Yeah, and the backbone of it, Byron, addresses the psychology of the crisis. We never expected for a global pandemic to be here, right? And it's going to be here for a minute. We just don't know.、We're Hoping for the best, and I know God has a beautiful plan for this. But you know, the psychology of crisis in- encourages to actually identify and name the threat. These circumstances that we have no control over, just like the worldwide 
health crisis. Yes. And then the psychology of crisis encourages for us to stay connected with our support group. Let's not be isolated. And I addressed that very well, very clearly in the um, manuscript slash journal. Once you'll be able to identify the threat, you reach out to your support system. We don't want anyone to isolate themselves, mm -hmm. especially now that, you know, if you can do FaceTime, if you can do Zoom, Doxy, any way that you can stay connected right now. If you have to be at shelter at home, please do so because suicide is already in the statistics nationwide. So after you are able to stay connected, if you're having any anxious thought, and I'd work with my patients to be able to work through this in their lives, because I have patients that have had families that have passed away from COVID-19, they are recovering from COVID themselves, or they've had encounters or waiting for results. And so the anxiety is very high. Some of them are an uncontrollable anxiety. You, they have no way to manage them. So I help them with cognitive behavioral exercises to restructure their thinking okay. and, and shift the mind. And right. actually, there's an app on the phone. If you have an Apple phone, that's called MindShift. It's highly recommended. It'll help you, give you some strategies. So after you do that, then if you really are very anxious and do not know, to decrease the uncertainties of our time, you might want to keep a journal, write it all down. Yes. And those circumstances are super challenging that you have no control over that. Maybe make a plan, have some action steps. Yeah. And that way you'll give you some direction, it'll give you a sense of predictability. Yeah. And it decreases the uncertainties. And those circumstances that you have no control over, then you'll be able to then surrender to God and cast all your anxiety and cares to Him. He'll do the rest for us. Adriana, one of the things I like about this journaling aspect, a fake journaling aspect of your book, is it really leaves room for the Holy Spirit to communicate to the heart of the reader. You're not just writing a book, throwing a bunch of facts at people. I'm sure you have great advice to offer, but... To have that quiet moment where God's Holy Spirit speaks to you through His Word helps build that confidence, and you find that strength. That's where you start stepping into a healthy life. You know, Byron, spending time with God's Word is sharp and active, and that time that I reflect on His Word is priceless. Yeah. Because walking with the Holy Spirit, if you're too busy or too rigid or too scheduled, you will not have the time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Yes. The more you read God's Word, the more that you reflect on His Word and promises and commands, you can break them down, apply them to your life, be a doer of His Word, and then before you know it, You'll see transformation. You'll see new life. Not only you'll be able to renew your mind, yeah. but you'll also be able to have soften your heart and transform. So wow, um, that's great. the Holy Spirit will guide us every step of the way. Well, as you are aware, I'm sure mental health issues don't seem to get the same attention when compared to physical health issues like cancer, the heart, head injuries, just to name a few. Do you find that frustrating in the field you're in because it doesn't get the type of attention? And even, I think, among the church, when we talk about mental health, we have a tendency to kind of push away, you there's know? There's stigma. Yeah. yeah, there's stigma there. Yeah. I've been very fortunate to be working at Christ Community Health Center. So there are nine clinics, eight of them in Memphis area, and we work collaboratively with medical providers, behavioral health consultants like myself, 
We've worked with pediatricians, with um, OBYGN, medical providers, registered nurses, dentists, pharmacists. And so as a multidisciplinary team, we value each other's expertise. And the beauty of that, if I have any questions that may be manifestation of a medical issue, I always consult with a, a medical provider yep. and vice versa, because we realize that the stress, prolonged toxic stress, will definitely have a major impact on your body. Actually, let me share real quick a personal illustration. When I was under this duress, when my dad had passed away, I was in the literature role, demanding fast pace. There was a lot of toxic stress on top of the grief that I was persevering through. I ended up in the medical clinic. High blood pressure was off the roof. I was dizzy. They ruled out ear infection. Because I didn't have an ear infection, the next step was to rule out for a brain tumor. Within 90 minutes of that visit, I was doing an MRI. You know how serious that was. Wow. The doctor was able to get me in within 90 minutes. My husband took me, rushed me to the hospital, did the MRI, and thankfully, God, praise God that I'm in good health today, and wow. they were able to rule out the brain tumor. But that's how serious it is when we are under psychological distress. Yes. A lot of the symptoms will be manifested in our body. According to the CDC, during late June, 40% of U.S. adults reported struggling with mental health or substance abuse. You're seeing this. I'm actually managing and helping people, patients that come to see me. And it's real. We were not ready or prepared to handle this unexpected circumstance. A lot of people are losing their jobs. They're losing their income. They're about to be evicted from their homes. Just multiple psychosocial stressors yeah, yeah. that are beyond our understanding or capability to manage. Wow. And so how do we next best cope? Whether we want to eat the next donut or have a drink of vodka. And others will isolate and will lose complete hope. Unfortunately, if they lose complete hope and they don't have the hope of Christ, they may commit suicide. It's really testing all of us nowadays. What's the first step, Adriana, in addressing one's fear and the anxiety about the coronavirus, the potential threat they can have? That right there can keep people living in a box, thinking about, is it going to happen to me, my family members, if it hasn't already? Yeah. I mean, it's a reality that we all are struggling with, and it's very legit. Um, what I would follow through is the CDC guidelines. These are parameters that have been proven to be effective. I know all the medical community are working actively and assisting. These are all my healthcare heroes that are out there helping everyone in the community. And you dedicate this book to those heroes. I sure did. I, I love sure that. did. I love all my medical providers at Christ Community. Even though I've been sheltered at home and working remotely, I kind of feel a little bit guilty of having to work from home. And But they are actually showing up and they're the first responders. Now, they do have some strategies that they have put in place, safety protocols, to be not only to save the community, but also follow through with CDC guidelines. Pam and I now teach a, a, a singles Bible study. Of course, we're meeting virtually and have been since the pandemic. It's a small group, but one of the ladies in our group is a healthcare professional, works with COVID patients in the hospital, and mm -hmm. she's often not able to meet and hasn't actually for several weeks now because of her job and the demands. Yes. Actually, she's been on the show and, and has shared the stresses that yes. they have. 
Are, are you actually counseling healthcare providers, walking through some of these times? And the stress has to be enormous on them as well. Yes, definitely. Our department, Behavioral Health Department at Christ Community Health Offer, actually recently via Zoom to all medical providers that attended some strategies. And we're very mindful. We, we always like to share any of the given strategies that are effective for anyone to benefit from. One of the things you speak of in your book I love is the what-if scenarios, you know? (laughs) Do we spend so much time worrying about bad things that probably may not ever even happen to us? Oh, yeah. You can physically and mentally and emotionally be exhausted by the end of the day if you're thinking about the future. Disadvantage of thinking about the future is like you said, Byron, it may not ever happen. And in the meantime, you're you know, overspending all this energy. But then, you know, the sad part of it is that if you think about the future, you're going to be missing today's opportunity. Yes. And the, and the gift of the present tense, that is an eternal gift oh. that we do not want to miss. Yes. You know, I remember Adrian Rogers saying one time, worrying about tomorrow robs the joy out of today. Exactly. And you know what? For you to have that mind shift, it takes repetition and and you need to be intentional. So you're really retraining yourself in many ways too, learning and learning those triggers and trying to safeguard when those things happen. Yes. And metacognition is our ability to be aware of our self-talk, what thoughts come to our mind. And once you become aware, and these are some of the things I work with my patients, once you have that awareness and you're willing to make a change, you're going to be on a different track in the next 30 days. This book is filled with God's Word. That's another reason I love it. As you journal each day during the 31 days, you're going to be taken into God's Word yes. and allowing God's Word to speak to you, the Holy Spirit speak to you through the Word. Are there any particular verses that you've anchored your life on more now since you've written the book and you've gone through this experience of depression? Well, my life first after those four years of chronic toxic stress that we mentioned that I fell in a, a depression, it's Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do will flow from it. And the infrastructure of the Bible Reading Journal series, it focuses on not only on the spiritual disciplines of obedience and forgiveness. You want to protect your heart from the enemies of the soul, which could be hatred. It could be unforgiveness, bitterness. You know, in those four years, I was turning to be sarcastic. That was repressed anger. There was sprinkles of unforgiveness, hatred you know, bitterness. And it was coming out through my the way that I would speak. It was death words. It was not life. It was sarcasm. And so when I realized that, I started examining myself. And then I said, no, I'm not changing for the better. I'm changing for the worse. And that's how Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 came alive. So the infrastructure, like I mentioned earlier, then you go through that discipline. So you have an opportunity to reflect and break it down. The reflections of that day of the verse that speaks highly, it speaks volume to your heart. You break it down so you can apply it and be a doer of his word. Yes. And then not only that, but you'll be able to forgive. Just take that opportunity. Someone that has disappointed me. 
Oh, that I need to forgive immediately. That's what the Lord wants us to do. And not one time or two, but seven times, you know, seven, seven, right? <laughs> yeah, the multiple times. Multiple times. And so, and not only that, but then you want to maintain a life of gratitude, thanksgiving. When you're grateful, that's the best antidote for discontentment. And when you maintain a prayerful life, which is all in the journal, it's part of the infrastructure of the Bible Reading Journal series, you'll be able to then cast all your cares, and that will help you be less anxious because you're surrendering every day of your journaling pages to the Lord, and He'll do the rest. And once you surrender, there is freedom. And there's a freedom in Christ that I have never, ever envisioned (laughs) for me to have after that major depression. Wow, that is beautiful, Adriana. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing your heart personally. And the resource available, again, the captain of the seas, selling uncharted waters with a faithful God. And he is so faithful. I know our friends listening are wanting to get a copy of your book and discover also you have a blog, you have a website. How can we stay in touch with Adriana? Well, right now we're giving giveaways on my Facebook public page. So if you go to the Bible Reading Journal series on Facebook, you will find the public page. There's also an accountability group for women. We have over three women that we journal and we even use washi tapes and, and color, you know, and elements to decorate our journaling pages. And we have fun. It's very interactive. We actually interact with God's word every day and encourage each other. So again, you can search for that closed group uh, to the Bible reading journal series. You'll also find me on Twitter and Instagram under the same name. Also, believe it or not, in my 50s, I just joined the TikTok movement. <laughs> Are you TikToking? Yes, not right now, but I would love to. But uh, you'll find the Bible Reading Journal series without the S at the end on TikTok. And you know, one, one of the things I love to do there, I read words, uh, God's Word out loud. And I just started doing that just a little while ago. So... The more that we can share the great news in God's Word, I think we all need it at this time. Yes. We need the encouragement. So let's not isolate ourselves. Let's not. Well, you can subscribe to Adriana's blog also right now at keynotesinhispresence.org. Keynotesinhispresence.org. I encourage you to do that. And not only that, Byron, I do have a small podcast. Remember, this is a very new ministry. It yeah. started January 2019. There is a podcast on Anchor. It's Journaling God's Word. That if anyone that's listening today is interested in sharing their journaling experience and their faith walk, they can email me directly at the Bible Reading Journal Series at gmail.com. And I would love from the comfort of our homes, you download the free app of Anchor and we can read and connect. And share your story. Oh, that's your beautiful. Your faith journaling story and how God has transformed your heart and renew your mind and refresh your soul. Adriana Morales, Spokane, God bless you, my dear sister. Thank you so much for what you're doing for Christ to help people in their journey with Christ and also helping them learn to journal their faith during a time of crisis. Yes. Thank you, Byron, for having me here. Friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Don't forget now the book is available. Go to the Facebook page, an opportunity to get a free copy. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Byron Tyler. Hope you have a great afternoon. Bye-bye now.